legends, you're listening to the Off-Road Performance Coach Podcast. If you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you have come to the right place. All I ask from you is if you gain some value out of today's episode, please give it a share and tag me on your socials or your Insta story. I'd be super grateful if you'd share the love. Let's get stuck straight into today's episode. Just things for me. Yo, podcasters, we're back on for the regular episodes. Going to talk about nutrition today. For those of you who have been following along on my Instagram stories, I've been, I've embarked on the 75 hard challenge and a part of that is means I finally pulled the trigger on reducing my calories slightly to in a controlled manner to in, with the goal of dropping a little bit of body fat so I've been sharing a few things on my stories of uh, the meal tracker inside the race ready app and and what I've been tracking um, some of my calorie and macro targets in there and had a, f- a few people uh, message me on Instagram uh, to give me their point of view on on nutrition and what I should or shouldn't be doing. So I thought I'm kind of going to break this up into two episodes. The next episode is going to be 75 hard, the challenge, and what I'm actually doing right now to achieve a small drop in body fat. This episode is going to be about the last 10 years of my life and my journey through uh, nutrition and how I have come to this point in my life right now to form the beliefs and the view I have about nutrition right now that has allowed me to get to a point where I feel like I am ready to reduce my calories slightly in a controlled manner to see a little bit of a drop in body fat because it has been quite the journey. If you've been listening along to all of the podcast episodes and followed my story for since the get-go, you'll probably be, some of this will probably, you will have probably heard me talk about what I'm going to do today, I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible because I do tend to ramble, but I'll try and keep it as short as possible. I've got a lot of some dot points that I have that have made up like that journey of the last 10 years of me like literally feeling like I was nearly dying, like going like full hardcore keto diet, removing all carbohydrates from my diet, like absolutely literally afraid to eat broccoli because I did not want any carbs in my diet because my fasting blood sugars were, I was pre-diabetic, my fasting blood sugars were elevated and like my metabolic health, health was in the, in the trash basically. So I went like full hardcore keto diet, ended up just baking myself, getting mate, like literally got sicker and sicker and sicker and got to this point in my life where I had to 
figure out what the fuck was actually going on and turn that around. That's taken like 10 years for me to learn some really hard lessons and to come to this point in my life where I am right now, where I feel like I'm a lot more healthier, a lot more resilient. I can actually tolerate some decent amount of training load and intensity now without getting run down or getting sick. And I've put on a decent amount of muscle. So now I'm ready. I'm like, okay, I'm ready now to just in a controlled manner, pull my calories back just a touch and try and peel a little bit of that body fat off. So 2012, like basically 10 years ago is when my, I would say my journey into nutrition started. Before then, I didn't know anything about nutrition, nothing. I couldn't have told you what calories were. I couldn't have told you what protein, fats, and carbs were, macronutrients. Literally no idea. I had no idea. At that point, I was like near the tail end of my racing career. Uh, I stopped racing in 2013. So I'd had like some pretty decent results racing up to that point with literally zero information or zero education on nutrition. So in 2012, we were going through the process of trying to fall pregnant with our firstborn child, which ended up being Darcy, our eldest boy now. That process was like about a three-year process. We, like everyone probably does, I'm sure, you think that like just getting pregnant, you spend like most of your life up to that point trying not to get pregnant. And then (laughs) you think that it's just like, you're gonna flick this switch and okay, we wanna have a baby, Let's. that's gonna be simple. You just do the thing and it happens, right? For us, it didn't. It was like three years of trying and not getting anywhere. So through that process, uh, well, I guess up to that point, first off, what my life actually looked like was lots of activity. So I was racing dirt bikes every other weekend. I had a super active job. I was on my feet running up and down roofs or running around job sites. 12 hours a day, basically every day, worked really hard, had time after work, go for a mountain bike ride, and it was just full tilt on the limiter. There was no zone two training back then. Again, I knew nothing about training. Basically, every chance I got, I was thrashing myself. Lots of stress. I was managing, supervising a plumbing plumbing company at that time. We were doing new homes, had 60 to 70 houses on the go at any one time. I had up to 10 tradesmen underneath me, three excavators on the go. I was in charge of managing all of that. I would be up till 10 o'clock at night doing book work. My alarm would go off at 4.30 the next morning. Bang, two bits of toast straight out the door, full tilt all day again. So lots of activity, high stress. And looking back now, I thought I was eating healthy, but there was probably a fair bit of nutritional stress in in some ways. But honestly, probably if I look at it, some of that it probably actually helped me in some ways. Like an average day for me was like wheat bix for breakfast or a couple of bits of toast for breakfast. I'd have my fruit and muesli bars for smoko. I'd have a ham and salad sanger for lunch. Um, maybe another couple of bits of toast 
um, after work. And then dinner was always like just a basic either meat and three veg on a good night or pasta or go to the pub and get a chicken parmy. Weekends, every Friday, Saturday night was pub. Pub food, every lunch on weekends was takeaway food and booze. So looking back, probably that like that takeaway food and and the booze like mixed spirits in cans high in calories so probably i was getting although the quality of the food on the weekends and and the takeaway food wasn't great it was actually a lot of calories so in some way i was supporting that energy expenditure to a degree but I still had a lot of stress in my life and lack, like lack of lack of sleep was was another big thing but that was just normal to me at the time anyway fast forward we're trying to get pregnant can't we go to the naturopath my wife and I both go to a naturopath we get our blood work done we're trying to figure out what's going on why can't we get pregnant so my blood markers come back I'm like at this point I'm like 72 kilos like I'd say less than 5% body fat, like veins on my abs, not super muscly, but just ripped. And that wasn't like, that was just cause I'm like super active. Like, like I said, 12 hour days at work running around, not that many calories coming in. Super lean. I think that I'm healthy as fuck. I, my belief then is you can eat whatever the fuck you want. If you're super active, it don't matter. Like you'll just burn it off and you're going to be super healthy. That was my belief then. My blood work comes back and the naturopath's like, well, you're pre-diabetic. My blood, my fasting blood sugars, mind you, I was lean. Like I thought diabetes was just this thing that obese people got. Um, I was pre-diabetic. My fasting blood sugars were 6.0. So once you get over six, like you're in that point of, they call it pre-diabetic. And if you go like much higher than that, you're going to need insulin to control your blood sugars. That's where I was. And I was 72 kilos, ripped, lean as. My inflammation markers were through the roof. So this was like a big shock to me. I'm like, fuck, I thought I was, you know, I'm skinny. I'm ripped. I'm like, I thought I was healthy. <laughs> and anyway, the, the naturopath... Nothing against her. She was really good and I, I learned a lot off her. But her approach, this is like, this was in 2012, right? Around about 2012. Might have been a little bit before. This is like peak um, I Quit Sugar time when that Sarah Wilson wrote that I Quit Sugar book. So this naturopath's just like, if you've got your blood sugars uh, elevated, we got to get rid of the sugar. It's like, you got to cut all the carbs out. Like, okay makes sense like again i knew nothing about nutrition she's sort of started educating me on some stuff so went full hardcore paleo diet zero sugar in the diet was still having like some carbs like sweet potato and things like that brown rice no just stripped all the processed food i was like all in like i wanted to be i thought i was healthy found out i wasn't wanted to be healthy also trying to get pregnant wanted to have a child i'm like Tell me what to fucking do. I'll do it. So all I cut all the processed shit out of my diet. So at the beginning, I felt amazing because 
I cut all the processed food out of my diet, like zero, not no processed foods whatsoever, all whole foods. And one thing that helped me, which the naturopath educated me on was including more protein in my diet, which was one thing I did, which honestly, to this day, I think was a savior for me. If I hadn't have increased my protein, I literally would have shriveled up and died, I reckon. But I started eating a, a decent serve of protein with every single meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, etc., to get my overall protein in, intake up for the day. So at the beginning, like I say, I actually felt pretty good. I felt better. Like I felt a lot better. Went back, got my blood work done again. Fasting blood sugars, exactly the same. Did not budge. I've removed like every carbohydrate from my diet. Fasting blood sugars didn't budge. Still getting not much sleep. Still highly stressed at work. Had not the, despite the naturopath sort of uh, educating me on a bit of stuff around nutrition, there was never ever a single mention of overall calories. In fact, I'm, I'm quite certain she said calories don't really matter. It's more about nutrients. Like what, what, what nutrients do the food you are eating contain? Again, that kind of made sense to me. She said, you don't need to worry about calories. So I didn't. Never tracked a thing. Didn't know how much I was eating. My Now, now looking back, my overall calorie expenditure would have gone... A cal- calorie input, sorry, from my foods would have gone backwards massively because I stripped all that processed food out. Like I said, my nutrition wasn't great. Uh, before that but it would have been higher in calories because i was eating a lot more processed food takeaway food fried foods drinking alcohol etc when i stopped doing all that all of those higher calorie foods i took out of my diet and and i only ate whole foods so anyone that has actually tracked some food will know that if you're gonna just survive on brown rice sweet potato and chicken you'll need to eat a shitload of food to hit your calorie intake if you're like an active guy that's training frequently. So I also at this time was, like I said, I had given, I was done with racing dirt bikes and I decided to get into racing mountain bikes, cross-country mountain bikes. So I was doing like quite a bit of volume again because I was, I wouldn't say quite a bit of volume, but I was working 12-hour days. So I would either train at 5 a.m. in the morning or 7 o'clock at night. So I'd do like multiple um, two-hour rides during the week, either early in the morning or at 7 o'clock at night once hour. Once, uh, like at this point, Darcy had been born. We'd, we'd actually got pregnant and, and had Darcy, which was awesome. Um, so once he was in bed, I'd like go do a two-hour mountain bike ride. Again, didn't know shit about heart rate zones, didn't know shit about managing training intensity. It was just like, we're training, we're dropping the fucking hammer. Every time I rode that bike, it was full tilt. So I was busting my ass at work doing 12-hour days. Then I'd go for like two-hour mountain bike ride and just redline my heart rate for two hours. And I was eating sweet, sweet potato and chicken not getting very many calories. So this was this again I started listening to like I was getting into the mountain bike training so 
listening to like endurance podcasts and they're all talking about training fasted, um, improving your fat burning efficiency, blah, 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 all this stuff. Again, I'm like, oh, fuck, this sounds good. Like I'm, I'm an endurance athlete. I want to improve my fat burning, blah, blah, blah. So I started intermittent fasting. Again, just more restriction, cutting stuff out. Again, still no one to this point had mentioned overall calories to me or, or especially like how stress can impact your overall uh, calorie expenditure. Still just getting told that only nutrients matter. So again, went back, had my blood work done. Blood sugars still didn't budge, didn't budge at all. I remember going like going back to the the naturopath and ha- that she was looking at my blood work and my blood sugars were still like six, and she had me like write down what I was eating for the day, and my smoothie w- had coconut milk in it, so it was like a low carb smoothie. It just had protein powder, coconut milk, some berries, I think avocado. I think I was even putting butter in it, like it was fucking disgusting. I shouldn't say disgusting, but it was like this low-carb, high-fat smoothie. She looks at it. She's like, she looks at what I've written down for the day. She's like, I reckon it's got to be the coconut milk. (laughs) I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, like coconut milk, there's six grams of sugar per 100 mil in coconut milk. I'm like, fuck. Like, at this point, I'm like afraid to eat broccoli. I'm restricting my carbs that much that I'm afraid to eat broccoli. Like I'm just eating protein, fat and salad. And she tells me that it's got to be the coconut milk. So I'm like, fuck me dead. Like what have I got to do? So it was around about this point that I like honestly through this point, a lot of that stress was coming from a major identity crisis. The first part of that was actually becoming a dad. Like I said, I was this before becoming a dad i was a big binge drinker and then when darcy came along i've i very quickly realized that like my purpose on this planet was a lot bigger than just myself um and a lot bigger than getting getting drunk on the weekend with the boys and trying to make everyone laugh like that was literally what we used to do every weekend and when darcy came along much like okay life there's a bit more to life than than partying and booze and so when he came along that was like the first part of that identity crisis where you like you transition into becoming a dad and then that kind of like i say that was honestly probably the start of what led me to questioning about like what is my actual purpose on this planet and led me to that point of actually becoming a coach so that's when I finally, it was around um, 2016 when I decided to become a coach. And so I'd been like restricting um, for my nutrition for about four years. Um, and then I started a coaching uh, internship and they were all about the keto diet and no carbs you intermittent fast, you eat the keto diet, and you get jacked, basically. So 
that again, they, these were people that I looked up to, like I wanted to become a strength and conditioning coach and start my own coaching business. And the people that were successful in that field and that I looked up to and I was learning from would, were all jacked and were doing the keto diet. So I'm like, fuck, I'm in like, this is, this is what I got to do. Just again, it like solidified that belief in my head that this is what I need to do to be healthy and, and to like to embody that identity that I want to become. So they were all about the intermittent fasting. So I remember having conversations with a few of those guys and telling them like, you know, like I just don't feel good. Like I feel fucking, I'm starting to get sick every now and then. Like I don't feel energized when I go for a mountain bike ride. Like I'm just fucking done. Like I crash for two days. They're like, I remember like their, their advice probably need to fast more maybe need to start doing like a 24-hour fast every like once a week okay i'm in i'm like fuck so just more restriction less calories more restriction so things just kept going downhill again like to this point at this point no one had mentioned maybe just track your calories see how much food you're actually getting in like and compare that to the output, your energy expenditure, and just get a baseline. No one said that to me. It was around about this time that I started getting sick every other month. I remember having a sinus infection that went on for nearly 12 months. Every single time I did any any sort of training with any intensity or any duration, like bang, I'd be sick for two weeks. It's this constant, constant yo-yo. So... I then went to like, and I won't mention names, but if you're into like that in uh, the the low carb endurance space, there's a very very popular um, lady in Melbourne who has a podcast and and does she's a nutritionist and she specialises in low carb endurance for triathletes. I'd bought all her books, listened to all her podcasts. She also does like blood work, so I'm like, okay, surely she can help me. So go through the process, get the bloods done. Same thing, like the bloods come back the same, blood sugars through the roof, blah, blah, blah. And I remember having the phone call with her and she's like, I just don't know, just can't figure it out. Like you're doing everything right. You know, you're not, you're not eating carbs and blah, blah, blah. I just don't know what's wrong with you. Still no mention of calories. I remember getting off that call thinking, fuck, like I'm done. I'm fucking broken. Like, what do I have to do? Again, still no mention of overall calories, no mention of stress at all and how stress can impact um, the calorie expenditure on our bodies, etc. Ability to recover, all this stuff. No one mentioned that. Just like, keep cutting those carbs back. Keep the carbs back. Keep the fasting up. Then, finally, I met my saviour, the great man, Dave O'Brien. So Dave was an, at that time um, running you know, in partnership, running Fifth Element Wellness in Melbourne. Uh, he's not there now. He's doing his own thing now. He's got his own online business doing um, blood work and things like that. So I met Dave. He was the first person that I did like some mentoring with him and he was the first person that actually taught me about just the simple the simplest thing of 
overall calories, how our foods contain calories, how we burn calories, how stress in our life impacts our calorie expenditure, not just our calorie expenditure, but how stress also impacts blood sugar levels. No one had mentioned that to me before. Like I say, my blood sugars were through the roof. No one had mentioned that. Everyone's just like, pull the carbs out, pull the sugar out, fast, all this stuff. So Dave was the first person that taught me about that. So this was like, I'd spent five years up to this point, basically, of like restricting stuff and pulling stuff out. And my health just went downhill. At this point, I'm like 67 kilos. So I'd lost five kilos. Didn't even really realize it, in all honesty. Um, people, like some of my friends would say to me, like, are you, like, are you okay, dude? Like, you really look like you're, you need to eat more or you're like, you look really skinny. I didn't, I like took that as a compliment. I thought that was cool. Um, but like I say, my health just kept going downhill getting worse, getting worse. So honestly, after meeting Dave and beginning to learn more about um, just the basic, the most basic thing of calories in, calories out, how stress affects that, um, it honestly probably took me two years, I reckon, from meeting him. Um, I met him pretty sure at the end of 2016. It took me till the end of 2018 because like I say, I'd spent the last five years like like fully believing that I had to go hardcore keto to fix myself and remove all those carbs. It honestly probably took me two years to actually just even to start to believe that the opposite could actually be true. And maybe if I include some more carbs in my diet, that I might actually be better off. So I remember like, like through this whole journey, I was like psychotic about this. Looking back now, like a really bad relationship with food. Like if we went out for tea, I would either not eat or I'd take my own food. If we'd go out to functions, I wouldn't eat. Like because I'm, I'm like, there's no way I'm eating processed shit. So I had a really bad relationship with food. Um, through that process, I was I bought a little um blood glucose monitor you can buy them on ebay so every morning i'd wake up prick my finger um test my blood sugars every morning 5.8 5.9 didn't matter what i did less carbs it stayed the same for years and years um so all this stuff i was doing was effectively just piling more stress on the system i wasn't addressing the overall stress i was just pulling things out that were adding more stress in. So the just even the fact of not of being afraid to eat carbs was to the point that I like wouldn't eat when we went out to a function. That was like a stressful experience for me because I'm like, fuck that, I'm not eating. Like I'm not going to eat that shit. That that food's bad for you. That was the belief I had. So that created stress. More stress. So I remember, like I remember it, it was like a switch on, it was Christmas Eve 2018. I'd, like I said, like all that stuff I've just mentioned for the last, like I'd been doing it for six years, 
nothing had changed. I remember that being Christmas Eve that on 2018 and just waking up and I literally said to myself, I don't fucking care anymore. I just do not fucking care. And that day I, I'm like, I'm going to eat some carbs. So it was Christmas Eve. Like, I, I guess I'd got to a point where I'm like taking, I've been taking stuff away, like taking things out. Um, restricting more, fasting more, and it hasn't worked. Like, it's fucking literally nearly killed me. Like, I feel like crap. I can't train. I keep getting sick. I'm like, I just don't care anymore. I give up. Like, I'm just going to eat whatever. And to me at the time, like, eating whatever, <laughs> it was like I remember that first day on Christmas Eve. I'm like, right, I'm going to have some sweet potato with Christmas Eve dinner. So... I had big server sweet potato, like first decent bit of carbs I'd had in years. Woke up the next morning, did my blood sugars. They were like 5.2, so they were lower. So this was Christmas Day. So Christmas Day, I'm like, this is good. I'm going to have some more sweet potato. You know what? I might have some Christmas pudding. That like, I'd literally, the Christmases before that, there was no Christmas pudding for me. There was no trifle. I wasn't eating that stuff. I was like, nah, can't do it. Bad for you. So this Christmas in 2018, Christmas pudding. Bang, woke up next day. Blood sugars are 4.8. So they're coming down, getting into more of a normal range. I keep eating more carbs next day. Blood sugars come down. They're 4.5. So in like three or four days of just eating some more carbs and kind of like honestly having a big mindset shift, my fasting blood sugars actually came down. So the thing that all these so-called professionals uh, had been telling me to avoid for years because my blood sugars were elevated and they, and that's what was causing it, like sugars and, and carbs, actually helped me improve. Now, just because my blood sugars came down, started to come down, didn't mean I was magically fixed and, and healthy. Um, I'd spent like six years or more restricting the shit out of my nutrition, eating in a huge calorie deficit and placing a lot of, still having a lot of stress on myself. It's literally, so that was 2018. So coming up Christmas this year, 2023, it'll be five years since then, since I actually started just including a little bit more carbs and just being okay with honestly i was still doing the, the intermittent fasting at that time like it took me ages to just actually undo that belief that i could actually eat breakfast and and be healthy and and not pile on weight like honestly it was bad like i had some bad bad beliefs around around nutrition and so it's taken me like five years to get, like to slowly undo those beliefs and prove to myself now that eating in a slight calorie surplus and putting on a little bit of body fat, not being as lean as I was, is actually okay and is actually a good thing. So like I said, that's not something that happened overnight. Like honestly, <clears throat> I... 
I reckon it's really only been two years since my calories have actually been adequate enough. Um, and I think it's really only been the last 12 months that I've been able to tolerate training intensity and training volume without getting sick. Like, knock on wood, <laughs> I have like barely been sick in the last two years. I was at a point where every single time my kids came home from, with a sniffle, I'd be out. Like, it would floor me. Every single time my kids came home with gastro. Like, I remember having gastro one time that the kids brought home and it literally near killed me. Like, I couldn't move. I was in bed, vomiting on the toilet for five days, couldn't eat. Now, like recently, this year and last year, the kids have brought things home from school and I literally haven't got sick. Like, our kids have have just had both had colds and have been coughing and waking up in the middle of the night coughing for the last couple of weeks, I'm completely fine. They've had gastro a couple of times um, in the last 12 months. I've been completely fine. Like I was literally at a point where I had this belief in my head that if I was near anyone sick, I was going to get sick. And that was a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's literally taken five years of changing those beliefs and changing my habits to actually prove to myself that the opposite is now actually true. I eat in a calorie surplus to support my training, to support my recovery, and to be resilient. That's the belief I have now. And that belief is true in my head because I've created the habits that have allowed me to form that belief over the last five years and two years specifically like i said the first sort of three years it was still those i'd still do a little bit of intermittent fasting i'd still i'd still be like be really sort of careful with my with my carbs i'd still avoid sugars and like it's really been the last two years where i've become more where it's been i guess the amount in terms of calories and the carbs has become enough to actually support my body to recover. It doesn't happen overnight. Like it's the slowest thing ever and it's been seriously frustrating. Um, but looking back, like I did it to myself. There's no one else to blame except myself. So now that's allowed me to sort of form this, uh, I guess, belief around nutrition that's like completely different to what I had five years ago completely different to what I had 10 years ago now I'm all about supporting energy output so that means we need to be eating the required amount of calories not just to support our training like everyone knows the more activity you do you're going to burn more calories like most people do anyway but like most people don't or most people will underestimate i believe the impact that stress has on our lives and at the end of the day like all of us are getting pulled 50 different ways we've all got a million things going on in our lives these days so to some degree we're all experiencing stress thing that can happen is when your cortisol is elevated it represses your hunger so 
you would have experienced it, I'm sure. I've spoken to plenty of my clients about it. I used to intermittent fast because it was easy for me. Like I'd be running around like a headless chook at work, did not feel hungry. It was easy to intermittent fast because I was stressed to the eyeballs. And all I was doing was placing more stress on myself by not eating. I like wouldn't eat lunch till two o'clock, wouldn't eat anything until two o'clock. And I'd be running around and then I'd like go for a two hour mountain bike ride that night with my heart rate on 180. Crazy. Like now I can look back and see it. I'm like, what were you thinking? But again, at the time when I was in it and I didn't have that much knowledge around nutrition and how the body actually works to support recovery and these people I was looking up to were telling me these things, I was like, okay, I'll just do it. And for me personally, it made me worse. I got sicker, weaker, and it literally nearly killed me. So, (laughs) and that's where like now I'm like with nutrition, I I take honestly take a really broad approach. And my number one goal when when a client starts with me is just to ensure that they are eating enough calories to support the training load and the stress that they're experiencing in their daily environment. That's our number one priority. Like honestly, that is more important than the quality of the food. Then obviously the quality is important and the macro breakdown. Are we getting enough protein into that? Are we getting enough fats to support the hormones? And then the balance of those calories is going to come from our carbohydrates to support the um, the the training, the high intensity efforts, etc. Everyone's at a different place. I can't just tell someone you need to eat this way. I can't give you a meal plan that I follow because you're not where I'm at. You've got a different set of beliefs and you've had a different set of experiences to me. So what I eat might not work for you. What one of my clients eats might not work for the other. But at the end of the day, if we take three people, myself and three of my, and two of my clients, whatever we all eat, you can't get around the fact that we need to be eating enough calories to support our training and stress load. We need to be eating enough protein to support that recovery. We need to be eating enough fats to support hormone um, hormone production, etc. And then we need to be balancing that out with carbs. It's pretty simple. What food you eat will be a little bit different to another person. And obviously, again, like people are reasonably aware of what good quality whole foods are. Most people are not aware of calories that foods contain so it's very common i see it a lot of the time that when people clean up their diet which is a positive thing it's a it's a good thing to remove some of those processed foods and eat more whole foods but if you're unaware of the the massive difference in calories that you're getting when you strip out some of those processed foods and you go to more of a whole foods diet you can literally be putting yourself into a crazy calorie deficit without even realizing it that's not ideal so in certain situations when you're training a lot which is not going to be all of you listening to this podcast 
But if you are, if you're super active and training a lot and you got a lot of stress on your plate, like a part of your nutrition can actually come from those more processed, higher calorie food because it's going to allow you to get your overall calories up with some easy to digest foods. I'm not saying that just go and blow a tub of ice cream away, but like just like people are so afraid to even eat bread these days. And I was one of those people, like even just having like some good quality sourdough with honey on it or something like that, just a simple carbohydrate source. Like there's a million different options, but I speak to so many people that are afraid to even eat bread, um, afraid to have honey, afraid to have fruit. Like people are afraid to eat fruit. And again, like I was that guy, like, because <laughs> There's so much backward information out there, I believe personally, that that gets like gets presented to people. It's so confusing. And like I say, I've been through that. So I know what it's like. I know how easy it is to go down that rabbit hole. But if you can sort of come to this point where it's it actually becomes a lot easier when there's less restriction. And that obviously doesn't mean that we're going to eat, like as Joe Rogan would say, gives us the right to eat like an asshole. It, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about if it fits your macros and just eating Oreos and, and Cocoa Pops. That's not what I'm talking about. But we want to have my current belief around nutrition is it's kind of like that 80-20 thing, right? Like if, if 80% of what we eat is good quality whole foods that are high in nutrients, they're a little bit lower in calories. And when we're training a lot, we've got a lot of stress on our plates, 20% of those calories might come from some more processed high calorie options that are probably going to include a bit of sugar that's completely fine. It can actually be beneficial and help you support the stress and help you support recovery, energy, um, etc. So that is the last 10 years of my nutritional journey. Um, like I said, that's gotten me to this point now where I'm 80 kilos. Well, I was 80 kilos 14 days ago, I've dropped a kilo and a half. I'm down to 78.5. So that's led me to this point now. Like like I said, for the last two years, I've proven to myself that eating in a small calorie surplus can help me recover and can help me, and, and including carbs in that in that calorie in those calories, can help me recover and help me support the training and stress load in my life. So for the last two years, I've done that. I've gotten to this point where like I'm 13 kilos heavier than I was 10 years ago. I'm 80 kilo. I was 80 kilos when I'm like 10 years ago. I, sorry, 10 years ago, I was 72. And then I like went backwards when I stripped all the process stuff out and actually got down to 67. So it's probably less. It's probably like eight years that I've managed to put on 13 kilos and of course, a little bit of that has been fat, which I'm completely okay with. That's why I've gotten to this point now where I'm like, okay, I've 
consistently been able to tolerate a decent amount of training volume and intensity without getting run down or getting sick in a long time. Now, I can control in a controlled manner, just pull my calories back just a little bit and try and drop a little bit of body fat. So that is the plan. And that's where I'm at right now. This podcast episode was about that journey. I don't want to try and come across as I'm as I'm telling you, you have to be like me because that's what that's like. I've done that in the past and I've tried to vomit my nutritional beliefs onto other people and get them to eat the way I eat because that's the way I think it's perfect for everyone and that's the way it should be. Like I say, now I try and take more of a broader approach and help people figure out where they're at and at the simplest, like if we zoom out, whichever way you feel like you want to eat or your beliefs that you formed, the beliefs that you formed around nutrition are sort of guiding you to eat at the very most basic level. Are we getting in enough calories, enough proteins, fats, and carbs? Now, what's contained in that is going to be different for each person. And it's not I'm not the one to tell you that it needs to be a particular way. But I can help you figure out that, okay, our protein's actually really freaking low. Let's just try and bump that up. That's a really simple goal straight off the bat. Let's try and increase our protein and spread that out across our day. Let's see, let's do that for a month and see how we feel. It's a process of constantly working through those things. Like I say, I had to learn a lot of hard lessons and like essentially ended up doing the complete opposite of what a lot of these gurus will tell us we need to do on their podcasts or like there's a million of them out there. I know you've probably listened to them because I used to listen to them every freaking day. The the keto endurance low carb podcast about fat burning efficiency and fasted training and how it helps you become a more metabolically flexible athlete and you'll preserve your glycogen and blah, 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 all this fucking bullshit. It is absolute crap. Sorry to say that, but it, it, it pulled me down that rabbit hole and it was very detrimental to my health. Not now I'm not saying you can't do that. Honestly, you can, if you want to go that way and do the low carb thing, you can do it, but there's no getting around the fact that you need to manage your overall calories and your protein intake. If you're not, if you're in a massive calorie deficit and you're protein deficient, you're going to struggle and you're going to get run down. You're going to get sick. It's it's like whether you decide that your calories are going to come from carbs or they're going to come from fat. Cause that's like basically all it is like, Basic, most people are going to have a similar amount of protein coming into their diet. The rest of your calories are going to come from carbs and fats. So if you decide that you want to be the low-carb dude and you're going to get all your calories for energy from fat, then you can't get around the fact that if you're burning 4,000 calories a day and you're only eating two, you're going to be in for a painful journey. 
It's not going to last forever. That's for sure. So whichever way you want to go with your nutrition, you need to be managing your overall calorie intake compared to your calorie expenditure within reason. Now, again, I shared that on my story yesterday. Your watch is not 100% accurate. Your meal tracker is not 100% accurate. But it's a guide. And in my experience, it's a much more accurate guide than guessing. Most people, when they first track their food, when they've never tracked food before and they're just eating to hunger and what they think feels like the right amount, normally is about 100 grams or less of protein, 80 grams of protein, and 2,000 calories. So for most guys, if you're 80 kilos like myself and you're training consistently and you potentially have an active job as well, which a lot of guys do, a lot of you listening to this will be tradies, you're on your feet all day or even just having a a retail job where you're walking around a showroom or even if you worked at Bunnings and you're on your feet all day and then you're training, your calorie burn is going to be 3,000 calories or above. So if you're only eating 2,000 calories, that's a lot of stress on your body. So it's being aware of how many calories are actually burning, like especially riding dirt bikes. It's the other thing... I've mentioned it before on podcasts, but we don't think it's, we think it's normal because we've done it since we were kids. Like we've been riding since we were six, been going to the races since I was nine. It's completely normal to go and hold your heart rate on 180 for however long, basically every weekend. Like there's not many athletes that do that. Like if you even look at triathletes, like, their races are so far apart and they'll do one to two high intensity training sessions a week. All of the rest is low intensity training. We go out and we just send it every time. Heart rate on the limiter, high intensity all the time. So if we're like, again, it's kind of normal to us because we've done it since we were kids. But if you actually break it down and look at what we're asking our bodies to do, like it's pretty freaking gnarly. It is literally the gnarliest sport on the planet. So it's being aware of that and just being aware that we're doing our best to support that with what we're putting into our bodies. So I could go on and on, but like I say, it's been a massive journey for me and I have had to go through a lot of pain and a lot of anguish to get to the current point that I'm at right now, you might be in a different spot. So hopefully a little bit of this or some of this could can help you. Um, the thing to remember is like it, everyone is on their own journey. So you don't have to eat like someone else or you don't have to eat a particular freaking diet you just need to figure out like what's the next best step forward for you to help you improve whether that's performance whether that's health whether that's trying to get body composition or body weight down everyone's got a different goal what's your next step that's going to help you move forward that's all you need to know and you don't have to do what 
the latest keto endurance podcast tells you to do or whatever the latest guru tells you to do. You've just got to have a literally have a basic understanding of nutrition and and the calories that you're burning and is the food that you're eating supporting that. And if it's not, how can we maybe just give that a little tweak? Can we what's our lowest hanging fruit there to adjust that a little bit? Do that for a few weeks, do I feel better? Do I feel better? Am I getting the desired result? If the answer is yes, keep doing it. Maybe there's something else you can tweak. If the answer is no, we need to change something. It's really that simple. So next episode, which I'll do next week because the other episode I'm going to do this week is the Q&A podcast. The next episode on Tuesday next week, I will talk about the 75 hard challenge that I'm doing now and what I am actually doing like now to achieve that small drop in calories and and um, drop in body fat. Hopefully it's body fat anyway. I'm probably losing a little bit of muscle because I am cutting my calories back and I haven't been able to get into the gym as much as I would have liked in the last six weeks because we've been on the road a lot. So there's probably no doubt that I'm losing a little bit of muscle. But again, that's part of a process that I'm aware of and it's a goal that I'm working towards. So I'll talk about that more on the next podcast. There'll be some value in there, I'm sure, for some of you. Um, you can take away from that one. But otherwise, the next episode this week will be the Q&A podcast. We'll see you on that one. Hope you all have a great day. Bye-bye.